0: Hey guys and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I have not done one of these in ages. Um, so this is a Q&A that was sent in from a lot of my clients. I did a live with them the other night and this was some of the questions that kind of came in from those from. The, the, the people that I'm working with at the minute and they come through a lot on DMs and stuff like that so these are kind of the most common things that kind of come in we talk about dealing with fatigue during times of the month best exercise for mum-tums um, banking calories uh, insulin resistance we talk about um, increasing protein and how to do that uh kickstarting your metabolism is that a thing best exercises for fat loss um we talk about kind of what about diet drinks and we talk about kind of like how to come maybe come up with christmas and cope with christmas and maintenance phase and how to bring that in and what that is um and there's a few other questions that kind of come up so it's quite thorough um so i hope you guys enjoy the episode so the first kind of couple of questions that kind of came in there was an awful lot of stuff for kind of around particular diets menopause protein Perimenopause, menopause, getting rid of mom toms, that kind of stuff. So the first kind of question that kind of came in was in relation to handling fatigue every month. Should I battle it, or should I rest up, or should I just power through? So the biggest thing that we need to realize that is every single girl is so so different. Um, some girls do not struggle with it at all. Some girls struggle with it. The biggest thing you need to realize is. You need to fuel yourself correctly. If you are thinking of your kind of your body and stuff like that as like a car, you're not going to fill it up. If you're an, an unleaded car, you're not going to fill it up with diesel. So it's really, really important to make sure that you're fueling it correctly. So if you feel that you need a little bit more fuel, it's okay to do that. And what I mean by that is you need to increase your calories as well. So if, for instance, that you are eating about 1,600 calories per day, Sometimes on the week before and the week of you may need a little bit more fuel, roughly they say about 200 calories. So that may help to bring up your energy levels a little bit more. You may feel a little bit more fatigued. So it's about listening to your body. If you're completely stressed all the time, it's not going to help your body. So you need to try and get to the root cause of your stress. Are you, are you sitting at an office all day? Could you implement some sort of morning routine? Like like going out for a walk, taking taking regular breaks. Um, you're with the exercise and stuff like that. If you find the week of your energy levels are completely and utterly shot, the researchers show that you're better off doing some form of exercise if possible, and that could doesn't say what form of exercise. But if you're really, really tired, walking isn't isn't as taxing on your body as running or squatting or just doing a normal hit session, I'd probably try and stay away from the likes of hit sessions. If you're completely and utterly wiped, it could be an idea just to kind of aim for a small little walk, 20 minutes, 15 minute walk, even just for your head and kind of trying to move away as exercise as a way of burning calories because that's not what you don't burn as many calories as you think from exercise anyway. Uh, we, do, we ultimately don't. Uh, we burn calories through fidgeting. Like I'm moving, I'm talking, I'm blinking. So I'm, I'm burning calories. You burn calories when you go to the bathroom. You burn calories when you, you're digesting your food. So you're constantly burning calories without realizing it. Um, and it's really, really important for you to make sure you're getting adequate enough food into your body. If you're not sleeping correctly, that's not going to help it uh, either. So you want to try and get seven to nine hours of quality sleep each night. Uh, try and increase your water intake if you're feeling bloated and lethargic it's really really important to try and get plenty and plenty of water into your body if you're feeling bloated it's just uncomfortable and I and I do get that um I'll never understand it as a man I can only understand it from a science point of view I'll never un- understand the psychological side of things for you guys at all uh, I never I'll never try to um I'll just do my best to try and help you guys as much as I can with your headspace if you're feeling fatigued it's really, really important to make sure that you're t- kind of talking to someone, trying to do like a social distance walk or whatever it may be with your friends. But trying to, if you're feeling really tired and you're sh- feeling really, really sleepy all the time, there's no point in trying to do a hit session. There's no point in trying to do a, your PB on your squats. There's no point in trying to do a run. Listen to your body, give it the fuel, give it the rest. That could be your your rest week and just kind of go for a walk and, and kind of power through that way um there are more episodes of the podcast on that side of things the one i did with brian uh and that there's the book as well uh which you guys can get as well on the link uh in my bio if that's what you want so handling fatigue it's about understanding your body uh there's no problem there's no problem at all about kind of resting up if needs be there's no problem at all if you want to battle through but my advice is if you're completely shot it's a it's a way it's a telltale sign that You need to either sleep, rest up and just kind of potentially go for a walk. And that would be my my two cents on that. The second question that kind of came in was the best exercises to lose the mum-tum after pregnancy. So you may have heard me say it before, but you can't have a positive without a negative. So the mum-tum isn't necessarily a negative. So there are so many ladies out there who unfortunately cannot have kids and they would kill to have a mum-tum and a kid as well. I think that needs to be taken into account. Um, if you, and the mum-tum can be frustrating for a lot of, of ladies and stuff like that, but you also get, hopefully, an amazing child out of it as well uh, when you're not trying to homeschool them. Um, if if anyone's homeschooling, I, I think I'd rather run into the wall, but uh, and I think it'll be less painful. And I had Teresa on the podcast and she has eight kids and she's tried to homeschool eight kids from the age of two all the way up to 18. So Teresa deserves a medal, but the best exercise to to kind of lose the mum tum, it's not really going to come down to your exercise. It's going to come down to your nutrition. Like they say, the abs are made in the in the gym, and then but they it, it, they're necessarily made in the in the kitchen. Um, you can do a lot of core exercises, which I would encourage you to do to strengthen up your core, particularly if you're sitting at a desk all day. I think it's super important that you do the kind of pelvic floor exercises after having a baby as well, but making sure that you've got the all clear from your your doctor to uh, to make sure that you're okay to exercise. You have to give yourself a certain amount of weeks and get all clearance from the doctor in order to do that. Um, in order to kind of lose the momentum, it's going to come down to your nutrition. But I think the word that kind of comes up an awful lot is kind of like the unsexy t- side of fitness is, is patience. It is going to take patience. Your body's been kind of like a lot, very quite stressed for the last little while um, by having a a child. And it's important to make sure that you are um, giving it enough nutrition, giving it enough rest, trying to get enough rest. That's going to definitely help. If you're not getting enough sleep, you're going to be picking. You're going to be a little bit touchy. You're not going to have any energy. So it's trying to get sleep when you can uh, from working with pre and postnatal clients. Sleep when the baby sleeps is is that as well. Uh, but it, it's about kind of making sure that your nutrition is on point. It does come down to your calories in, calories out. But that's not all it comes down to because there's a little bit more to it. There's hormones that kind of come into it as well. Your mood. And it's about trying to stay away from just eating your feelings. And that it can be difficult for a lot of ladies who are suffering from um, kind of like the the, the, the post baby blues and stuff like that um but the best exercise for your mum, tom is you can do as much core exercises we all we all have six packs uh it's just there's a little bit more fat on around our abs on some people and it's it's, it is going to be ultimately your nutrition and being a little bit patient on that side of things um and it's important to make sure that that is that is the, the the thing that you work towards so if you are i would probably if with getting signed off from the doc or if you're past that point of view, it's kind of like trying to say to yourself, what can I control? I can try and get some decent, wholesome protein into my meals, increase your vegetables into your meals, which are going to fill you up, getting decent amounts of water, which will, will, which will help with your hunger levels as well. Trying to increase your fruit intake, your sleep, managing the basics. Fitness sells you a lot of gimmicks, a lot, a lot of gimmicks, but everyone forgets the basics. If you've seen the client transformations, if you've seen the clients I work with and some of them are on the call today um, and some of them have had transformations already, we work a lot on setting habits and setting routine. And I know it's harder to do as a kid, but if you can get if you can hold on to or even do a little bit of meal prep when you've woken up from your nap or anything like that, it will help you. If you don't plan, you're going to be pulled left, right and center. And it's about doing it the majority of the time, not all the time. There's no such thing as perfection, and we need to move away from that because perfection doesn't exist. Because if I was to if I was to look at the the people on the call now or whoever's listening to this, your goal will be completely different to my goal. Your perfect will be completely to my perfect or completely different to my perfect. So we can't have a common metric for that. Best exercise is is your nutrition. There's no there's no one exercise that's going to get you a six-pack. There's no one exercise. It's gonna be come down to your nutrition, consistency, and patience, unfortunately. I hate bursting people's bubbles, bursting people's bubbles and balloons and stuff like that, but that it is ultimately going to come down to that. The third question is having used cows uh in a day, is it okay to put them uh towards chocolate or use them uh towards meals or kind of like glasses of wine and stuff like that? Calories is kind of like, if you think of it as a a, a budget, so say if your target of your calories is 2000 calories for, for each day, you've got seven days in the week that leaves you with 14,000 euro to spend over the week. So it's up to you how you want to spend it to say if you overspend your, your money up by say 3000 euro on the Monday, that leaves you with 11,000 euro for the, left, for the rest of the week. That would be sweet if you had 11,000 euro for six days, but It it does come down to your total calorie balance for the week and over what you do over a week, over what you do for a month, and over what you do for a year. If you want to save them and bank them that way, by all means, what I normally try to encourage is you're more in the headspace to kind of press reset after a night out or a glass of wine or a bottle of wine. You're more in the headspace, right? I'm gonna go again. So if you are doing it that way, I would encourage you guys to potentially reduce your calories by about two hundred calories the day after and the day after that. So if you've potentially overindulged kind of on the Friday night, reduce your calories by two hundred on the Saturday, reduce your calories by two hundred on the Sunday. And that roughly it's not gonna it like it's not gonna solve everything, but it can definitely, definitely help kind of take away that kind of fear of having messed up. And that's not what we want to try and fear. Like with what's going on now, it's super important that you do enjoy those social occasions as much as you can. And that's the positive that has to be taken out of it. That if you're in, if you're living with your housemates or you're living with your family or whatever it may be, and you're having a couple of glasses of wine playing, I don't know, Monopoly or Call of Duty, whatever it is, that's the most important thing to make sure that you're with those loved ones and stuff like that. Um, it's, it comes down to your total calories. There's no such thing as treats. The treats where it is being thrown around an awful lot. I'm not sure if it was because trick or treat was being thrown around. Food is food. There's no such thing as good or bad food. Food does not have a moral compass. So how can it be good or bad? There are less nutritious foods and there's more nutritious foods. Yes. But it, there is no such thing as treats. And it's about changing that language. Because if you if you put up food up on a pedestal or think that foods are bad or good, it's like being a kid and told not to press the big red button. You're going to press the big red button. I know myself, if there's a big red button, I said, do not press or a glass or some of that, that do not smash with a hammer or some of that. I'm going to smash it. So it's about changing the language that you use. It's not going to happen overnight because you've done so many reps with that wording in your head. And it's about trying to take that pedestal out of play and saying, right, this is just, this is chocolate. You're better off at having chocolate every single day because over time, it's going to, you're not going to think of it as a treat. You're not going to think of it as a so-called sin, which I hate from those bloody Slimming Clubs, but those bad words that you kind of make towards food. Food doesn't have a moral compass. So how can it be bad? You're better off including the foods you want rather than restrictive. If you are want, if, if there's two different types of girls, there's normally the sweet girls and there's the savory girls. So savory is pancakes and crisps. Then there's the sweet girls who like the the, the chocolate, all that kind of stuff if you want to have chocolate each day, the only difference between you having two squares of chocolate or three squares of chocolate and having the whole bar is the amount of calories and potentially you not feeling amazing about yourself. So one of the tips that I try to use with some of the clients is if you're having some chocolate, why not tear off one square and put it onto your tongue and let it melt in your mouth. Actually enjoy the chocolate rather than just going boom, 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 boom. That's not going to work. That's that that's, when that whole thing of mindless eating just happens. You're human. It will happen. But it's about why if you can be a little bit more mindful and a little bit more intuitive, it will help you a hell of a lot more. It's just about slowing down your eating. I guarantee you won't want, if you do it that way, the richness in the food, the richness in the chocolate and the sweetness in the chocolate will fill you up a little bit more than just trying to wolf it down. The people that um, tend to eat a little bit more in the evenings I say and they can't they say they don't have any kind of restraint around kind of chocolate or crisp or anything like that in the evening. They are potentially the people that don't really have breakfast. You don't need to have breakfast, but they potentially leave larger gaps in between their meals. And then they're kind of going in the evening expect and then they kind of just wolf a load of food down without even thinking about it. And then they've potentially overspent their budget for the day. And then they get frustrated. The vicious circle continues, and they get nowhere closer to their goal. So why not try to? If you, especially if you're working from home, try to have regular meals. Do you have to have breakfast? No. Kellogg's paid for that study that you have to have breakfast. Kellogg's paid for that research to be put out so people would buy more cereal. So it's not gonna, it's not gonna. Your metabolism is not gonna slow down, which is the big one that people hear. If you don't have three meals a day, the reason why I'd say to people is have three meals a day. Is just so it creates a routine, so you're not leaving yourself going hungry for longer periods of time. So you're going to be less likely to pick, less likely to graze, less likely to board a meat, and that will be the the two cents on that. So can you bank your calories? Yes, I would probably just kind of press reset afterwards. Would be my normal advice. The next question was in relation to the barriers to weight loss in perimenopause and menopause. So. I think the barriers, I have to be careful how I word this answer. So I think the education around the perimenopause and the menopause needs to be improved. From working with hundreds of ladies, the education around the cycle, how your body works and how to, when to push, when to pull, when to rest, is it, it leads a lot to be desired. Did I ever think when I left my normal real job, that I'd be watching hours, lectures on menstrual cycles and PCOS. My mates find it hilarious. Um, so with the perimenopause, perimenopause is the stage before your menopause. It's kind of like it leads you to a less regular cycle. There's a lot of change uh, going through your body at that point, And it's about knowing that there's potentially a little bit more testosterone going into your body. So testosterone is the male hormone and estrogen is the female hormone. So when your body's going through that change, your estrogen levels are going to drop down. Your testosterone levels are going to increase. So if you are potentially at that age and you're listening to this, the fat distribution on your body is going to change. So potentially you will be predominantly having a lot of your fat distribution in your quads and your bum if you were in your younger years. And then as you get a little bit older into your late 30s, 40s, 50s, The fat distribution comes up into your stomach and that's where that kind of you feel a little bit blur about yourself and there's a lot of change going on. That's increased testosterone. So you get a little bit more male dominant hormone in your body and that's where lads predominantly hold their, their fat is around their stomach and their midriff. So that's generally what happens. The education around that needs to be improved your metabolism does slow down as you get younger or as you get older, should I say? So you won't be able to eat the amount of calories that you potentially did when you were like 21 years of age. If I ate what I did when I was 21 years of age, I would not be uh, looking too well. Let's just say that. Um, but it's important to realize that your metabolism does slow down. So you may need a little bit less fuel in order to maintain the same weight. It may take a little bit slower time for you to lose the weight, but your body's going through a hell of a lot of change. You need to be a little bit patient with yourself. When you go through the menopause, it's kind of like you haven't, the whole definition of a menopause, or the menopause, should I say, is they haven't had a cycle for one year, a whole one year. Um, And there's a lot of change going through. You may feel a little bit more lethargic. You might get the night sweats. Um, You may not be able to sleep. And if you're not sleeping, there's two hormones in your brain the fullness hormone, hunger hormone, hunger hormone may increase. The fullness hormone may decrease in functionality. And that's where you kind of reach for those sugary foods. The carbohydrate rich foods, there's nothing wrong with sweets. There's nothing wrong with carbs. It just, if you have carbohydrates, it's going to spike up your sugar levels and have spike them back down. And that's generally what happens when you have cravings around the time of the month. And if you're not sleeping and when you're kind of like hung over, you reach for like you're either a salt person or you need a little bit more sugar or anything like that. It's just, if you have a little bit more fruit in your diet, that's going to get the sweet tooth hit. You may, uh, With menopause, you may not be able to eat as much as you did. It's really, really important to make sure that you are getting tested for the likes of osteoporosis, osteopenia, sarcopenia, which is brittle bone syndrome, making sure your calcium levels are good, making sure you've got enough vitamin D uh, so you help your energy. In particular now, uh, October to March, I would highly recommend everyone to be supplementing with vitamin D. We do not get enough sunlight in this country. um, And it's really, really important to make sure you're doing that. And then the frustration. It's a tough time because you've, you've gone through so many different changes. You've had puberty when there's an awful lot of stuff going on. You have your first bleed then you have you have to for like 20 years or whatever it may be you're trying to understand your body when to push when to pull you may not you may be frustrated with the whole process then once you get your head around that then perimenopause comes in or else you have kids say so you've kids then perimenopause so your body's gone through a lot of changes a lot of stress and then you have the menopause so it's understanding the different situations there's an amazing book called the m-word by philippa k she was on the podcast um and she talks about it in a lot more detail than I ever will be able to. Um, and she's incredible. Um, so she's really, really worth the lesson So the barriers are mainly the education around it, the patience around it, the frustration. If you are struggling with kind of like the changes that are going on, do talk to someone. There's always kind of people out there in the similar situation. There's always people who who will talk to you and support you if you are struggling to sleep my advice would be to have a nice cool room um and have a nice cool room don't you if you ever notice when you're on holidays and you wake up at middle of the night and your feet are outside your bed your feet are your regulators for your heat in your room so your feet are looking to cool you down but you're here with a hot water bottle and about 20 rugs over you you're better to have a cool room uh, a dark room you're better off to have potentially cooling patches on your backs if you want to cool yourself down. But I would try to set, keep yourself nice and cool to counteract the night sweats and stuff like that and making sure to keep yourself hydrated. The main barriers, education, patience, frustration are the main ones. The next question was in relation to intermittent, intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting is one of those sexy terms that's thrown around the industry and um, so for anyone that doesn't know what IF is or intermittent fasting is, it's is it's windowed eating. So one of the most common ones is that you don't eat for 16 hours and you, you're allowed to have all your food in that eight hours. So it's just another way for you to get into a calorie deficit if you are on a diet. Is it beneficial for those on a diet? Potentially. Is it less beneficial? Potentially. It depends on the person. If you are prone to if you were prone to kind of a lot of snacking in the evening, my advice would be potentially not to do it. The reason for that is if you give yourself more structure throughout the day, you won't be as hungry and your blood sugars won't crash back down. And then when you eat a lot of food, you f- you may feel a little bit guilty. So you're better off having some meals throughout the day. It's not for everyone. There have been research done on kind of rats and stuff like that. They have. There's only been a couple of tests done on humans. But majority of the tests have been done on rats saying that the health markers, the health benefits, all that kind of stuff, then rats aren't humans. They're not proper tests. They're not they having a test enough on us. So the research isn't um, of benefit to and doesn't really relate to us as as humans. I think mo- it's another way to get into a calorie deficit. It's just shortening your window. If you have 2000 calories to eat in a day, it's just about having eight hours to eat that at 2000 calories, um, which I think a lot of people don't realize. Um, if you're finding you're kind of like if there's massive gaps and no food and you're really really hungry throughout the day you're better off feeding yourself if you're hungry i don't if any of my hung, my clients are hungry eat like i don't think we'll ever understand in this first world country that we will ever understand true hunger but if your cravings let's your ask yourself are you bored are you actually hungry there's a whole system hunger are you whole system is are you actually hungry angry lonely or tired so asking yourself those things and kind of waiting about 20 minutes. But with intermittent fasting, can it be useful? Yes. In the right hands. Can it be restrictive for some people? It can. Um, I've, I've worked with some clients on it and it's been beneficial. And other clients have tried it um, beforehand before they came with me and it didn't work for them because they were they were just kind of snacking and grazing in the evening, which is a lot of people do. They don't eat during the day at work. They they make they make work the priority during the day rather than making their, their schedule work for themselves planning your meals, planning your U time. If you look at my calendar now, you will see I have everything regimented. That is why I'm able to do when I want to train, when I want to walk. It may be a little bit RB regimented for people, but I know that if I can control what's on that and I know what's being done for me and it's scheduled to the T, I know I can say no to things or say yes to things and it's able to plan that. Super, super important to plan the majority of the time. If you do not plan, there will be Chaos. If you do not plan, you'll be poor left, right, and center and working off other people's schedules. You need to make sure you're working off your own schedule. If you are planning on a Monday, it's already too late because you've started the week. I would advise you to plan on a Sunday. So with intermittent fasting, the health markers have been done on mice. It's a window eating. It's another way. If you struggle and you are picking and you are a grazer, I would not advise it. Can it work? Yes. But it's all very, very, very people dependent. Um. The next question that kind of came in was in relation to um, the tips on increasing protein and any brands of protein powder that I would recommend. So it depends if you are vegan or not vegan. So I'll go with non-vegan first. If you're really, really struggling to get your protein up, a nice one I use is Greek yogurt. Um, There's probably about 15 to 20 grams of protein in that. Throw in a couple of squares of chocolate, throw in a blueberries, chia seeds, flax seeds, blackberries, strawberries, make a little dessert out of it and have it after your meals and that's your sweet tooth hit. You're also getting your fiber hit, you're getting your vegetable or your fruit hit and you're getting some protein hit. Baked beans are really good as well. People are going to ask what about the sugar? Sugar is not bad for you in moderation. People who ask that question are generally kind of looking for smaller things when there's a bigger picture to look at we don't need to sweat the small stuff. If you're eating decent, wholesome food, majority of the time, you will be okay. If you're really, really struggling with, there's eggs and stuff like that. There's salmon, uh, there's chicken, there's steaks, there's turkey, there's loads of different meats and stuff like that. You can use whey protein powder. You can, whey, if you are a vegan, isolate or whey or isolate protein, um, which is manufactured differently. So it's less lactose in it, has some lactose in it, but has less lactose in it the products that i recommend i use my protein and i put it into my porridge in the mornings so that's how i get mine in uh, or else after my workout i have a quick shake either with a little bit a little tiny bit of milk or else just have it with water if i'm trying to keep my calories lower uh, Connecticut is is also good there's not much of a difference between any of the the main products of Cytec as well there's not much of a difference just price um between the various different brands I wouldn't sweat that kind of stuff. It's just kind of like seeing what flavor you like. Some people like really sweet stuff. Like I know my protein powder have lots and lots of different uh, flavors from chocolate and Rocky Road or banana and strawberry. And then then they have plain old vanilla and stuff like that. It depends how your taste is about potentially buying one of those sample packets or sample sachets and seeing what flavor you like, but there isn't a huge amount of different on, on those side of things. Um, increasing the proteins about kind of looking at your routine and looking at your plan as well on a, on your daily basis. What are you having for your breakfast? What are you having for your lunch? I'm uh, kind of saying, right, uh, pause and say, right, if I'm having breakfast, right, what can I have? Right, I'm going to have a bagel and I'm going to put some, a little bit of scrambled eggs over it. So there's So If you have three eggs, there's 18 grams of protein already. Um, so if you're trying to aim for your protein target, if you're not really training 0.8 grams uh, per kg of body weight, if you are training kind of for most people, one and a half uh, grams per kg of body weight is generally the, the, the rough. If you're kind of like a bodybuilder, it's kind of like 2.2 grams per kg of body weight is what I'd recommend on protein. It's really, really key to get your protein, particularly for the girls. The girls need it for to keep their their bone health or their bone density for when you get older. So if you're having if you're if you're not having enough protein now, you may pay for it later on when you do not get and uh, when your bones are bones are a little bit more um brittle. Um, so hopefully that answers that question. The next one is best way to kick start your metabolism metabolism if you have stalled due to poor eating habits. So this question has come in a good bit kind of over the last kind of couple of weeks because it um because I'm not sure what information has been put out. Uh, or what kind of context has been put out or what little uh, nuggets have been put out on social media on regards to it. So the biggest thing I want to say is you cannot re- you cannot kickstart your metabolism, you cannot restart your metabolism, you cannot damage your metabolism. So you, it, the biggest question or the biggest point on that is it's not due to your metabolism, it potentially is just due to the habits that you've created over time. They're the thing that needs to be tweaked. That's like blaming, a. that's like me blaming as a bald man a hairdryer for my hair loss. You cannot restart your metabolism. You cannot kickstart your metabolism. You cannot damage your metabolism. That's just fact. It's more down to your food choices, your eating habits, your structure or lack of structure. And it's the habits that have got you there rather than the actual metabolism itself. You need to take ownership of your habits and your eating pattern and yourself and your actions rather than blaming it on something else. It comes down to your calories in, calories out. It comes down to understanding when to push your sessions, when not to push your sessions. It comes down to getting proper sleep, decent, wholesome, you street, wholesome sleep, um, and and getting plenty of water and stuff like that, and just kind of making sure you're making some you time. So one thing, if you're if you're struggling to get some vegetables into your meals, is how can I get the vegetables into my meals? Why not buy some. Tinned beans or fresh, fresh or frozen, frozen veg. There's not a massive difference between the rest of them. They're all fine. Most people struggle to get veg in anyway, so why? Like, there's not much of a difference. Probably frozen is even better. Um, And Maeve Hannan, who's been on the podcast, directly speaking, she speaks about it. In that the minerals, if you think about it, they go from the ground to the freezer, so the minerals are a little bit stored, a little bit better. The fresh veg are sitting on a shop floor um or stacked on a shelf and they may lose their minerals a little bit quicker but that's sweating the small stuff it's about getting what you can into your mouth uh, and creating the habits getting water into your body so say if you're waiting for your caffeine hit in the morning get a glass of water there getting regular exercise clearing your head going for a walk booking that in Uh, it's about what you're eating uh, and making sure you're getting protein with each meal fruit and veg with each meal getting proper sleep uh, I'm focusing on those rather than kind of say, right? It must be my, metabol- my metabolism. It's definitely not your metabolism. It's it's the habits, the foods, the choices that you are making that are potentially have you where you are. And there's not having to go. It's aren't having to go at anyone. We all have things that we could we could we could tweak. We all have habits that we can tweak. And it's a potentially the thing called habit stacking, which is in the book Jane by James Clear, uh, Atomic Habits, adding on a habit to what you do already. So, for example, like I spoke about, I will t- when I'm, my caffeine or my coffee is getting made in the morning, I will have my glass of water, I'll have my vitamins, and I'll have some fruit. So there's two or three things that I've added on there to make my day a little bit better to make sure that I've got some fruit into my body the first thing in the morning, got some water to start the day. I got my vitamins in so I could have that. It's not to do down to your metaboliz- metabolism at all. It's, it's down to the food choices and the habits that have been created over time. The next question was, best exercises for fat loss, running or weights? The biggest answer I can say to this is the, sec- the two words that most people hate to hear is it depends. It depends on what you enjoy. Some people love CrossFit. Some people love weights. Some people love running. It's whatever you enjoy. It's ultimately going to be your habits with your food that are going to make the biggest uh nutrition for you if you're looking to build muscle and to tone tone means building muscle girls you will knock out bulky from lifting weights you haven't got enough testosterone which is the hormone in your body in order to get bulky you will need to take a testosterone booster or inject testosterone into your body which i would not highly or i would not recommend at all uh in order to uh get the, the kind of like the, the 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 bulkier look that lads seem to get because they have a little bit more testosterone in your body it's ultimately going to be down to the foods that you make. Um, it's going to come down to that side of stuff. If you enjoy cardio, go for cardio. If you're looking to get toned or build a little bit of muscle, um, then it's ultimately going to be a little bit of weights. It could be CrossFit. It could be whatever it is. And that's ultimately what's going to, and patience. The unsexy where the patience kind of comes into it again as well. So the best exercise for fat loss, there isn't one. It's what you enjoy doing. And it's more so to do with your nutrition that needs a little bit of a tweak rather than anything uh, on that side of things. The next question was the take on diet drinks. So this is the likes of diet Coke, diet seven up, diet orange, all that kind of stuff. If you enjoy them, go for them. Um, They're not bad for you. People say sweeteners are bad for you. You have to have a beyond ridiculous amount of sweeteners in your body or consume a ridiculous amount of sweeteners in order for it to be have any impact a minute impact so it's about sweating the small stuff for no reason again if you enjoy diet coke please you take it or have it if you wish but i would focus on like because i when if i made it a night out i would have a diet coke i won't have a fuck i don't feel great after a full fat coke if i'm being 100 honest Um uh, it just doesn't sit well on my stomach and i prefer the diet coke some people don't like the taste and that's completely up to them there are less calories in the diet options you could have glasses of water as well instead. If you're having four or five cans of diet coke every day, would I advise it? Probably not. Um, but I would try to get a little bit more water into your body. So, my taking diet drinks, they're all good. Uh, everything in moderation. Um, would be my answer on that. Um, what is the next question? Um, I think there was in relation to. The role of hormones like insulin and fat loss. So there are there are kind of a couple of kind of types of uh, individuals that kind of like the insulin stuff like that does have a massive impact on, and that is diabetics. Um, and if you're looking for anyone or a, a coach for diabetics, I am not your man. I would recommend Own uh, or Insalone on Instagram. He's incredible. He's been on the podcast. If you're a diabetic, type one or type two head over to that um and he that that man is going places so please do head over to that there's also the likes of insulin with pcos um so we need to make sure that we have a proper definition insulin is a hormone found in the body that controls glucose which is kind of like sugar levels in the blood and allows glucose to be brought into our body cells to be used as energy um, insulin resistance is kind of when the the body's tissues don't respond to the normal levels of insulin the body uh, and after therefore has to produce extra insulin to compensate this ex- excess insulin can increase the production and activity for of kind of like male hormones and like testosterone and stuff like that um so that can definitely have an impact when you are have suffer from Pcos and have diabetes with kind of like the different levels of of insulin and stuff like that for the likes of insulin and stuff like that um it, it just can't be it can't be blamed um for for what you're trying to do because it, it it's like me once again blaming a hairdryer for uh my um my lack of hair um so it's not gonna fat it's not gonna fat source if like if you have food each day um you're It will spike up your energy levels, it will spike up your insulin after a meal. Different food sources or protein, carbs, fats, it'll all be stored a little bit differently. Um, And it's about what you do over the day that kind of regulates the sugar and stuff like that. But it really does come down to your calorie balance that's going to help. You cannot blame your insulin for what you're trying to do if you have pcos and you have kind of cravings and stuff like that around the time of the month you need to potentially work on regulating those a little bit more or actually pausing and saying to yourself if you've got cravings and wait 20 minutes cravings go away cravings do not stay around forever and it's really really important to realize that so the 20 minute rule is probably what i'd say to a lot of girls a lot of clients and stuff like that and it has changed them including your fruit if you have, say, a white starchy carb, carbs are not bad, white starch is not bad for you, but it's going to spike up your sugar and crash it back down and you're going to be hungry very quickly afterwards. If you can help to regulate that a little bit more with the likes of brown rice or anything like that, it will regulate, it will bring it up a little bit more and, spike, and bring it down a little bit slower. The likes of fruit would help to help those cravings as well and help to regulate that as well. The likes of papaya, blueberries, blackberries, that kind of stuff. So to blame to blame kind of likes of insulin stuff like that on fat loss is kind of like blaming on a broken metabolism. You, you, you're you looking, you're, you're clutching at straws and looking for an outlet on what is ultimately the habits and changes. If you've PCOS it's a little bit different, your metabolism is a lot, is, a, is up to 40% slower than someone that doesn't have um, PCOS. So if you are potentially having say 2000 or if your friends having 2000 calories in the same weight same height all that kind of stuff you may need up to 40 percent less calories in order to get to your goal it's a lot a little bit slower for those with pcos it's a little bit slower a little bit more patience is that word again to kind of come into it if you want a pcos episode there's one i did probably two or three weeks ago and there's one that uh that had um claire goodwin the pcos nutritionist on there if you're diabetic, in insulin is your man for that side of stuff. So please, if you're diabetic and you're listening to this, do go and talk to Owen on that side of things. Um, in relation to the next question, um, the question has just come in here. Um, so in relation to Trek protein bars, okay for a snack. I really like them as a replacement for sweets they're okay. Uh, there's nothing wrong. There's no foods off limits. There is no foods that are off limits at all. Um, protein bars are glorified chocolate bars. Um, there is protein in them. The protein quality in them is not amazing. Um, I would not, I, I rarely eat them. Sometimes people with IBS can have a laxative effect The they can have an impact on their stomach and they just don't feel amazing afterwards. It can just make them more queasy and stuff like that um, and the other thing is that they are glorified chocolate bars There's nothing wrong with chocolate bars but if you're looking for your protein the likes of Greek yogurt are really really handy throwing squares of chocolate on that side of things um, the other question that kind of came in is in relation to uh I think this is the last question uh, advocate of are you an advocate of banking calories if you know you have something at the weekend I think I think it's similar enough to one of the other questions in that it's just kind of about pressing the reset button, kind of shortly afterwards, rather than kind of letting it knock on. Like when you have a punctured tire, you don't puncture the rest of your tires. So why would you let kind of um, why would you let kind of one day turn into seven days, which can easily be done, and a lot of people feel like that. But like it ultimately comes down to you have a choice. You have a a choice of what you are fueling your body with. We all have that side of things. When people, when things kind of go a little bit wrong, people tend to get a little bit frustrated because I think particularly in our generation or my generation anyway, um, people can get a little bit victim mentality a little bit too easily. We think things are going to go as plain sailing and then things go off. We get a little bit frustrated. We throw in the towel and we just get frustrated and we have that yo-yo mentality and that kind of creeps up. So what we need to try and do to ourselves is rather than waiting for motivation to come and motivation is like dublin bus one will two if you're waiting for one two will come along at the same time and that's when you're extra motivated but if you're waiting for motivation to bring your destination you're potentially better off getting some other potential transport you're either walking or dart or whatever it may be so you need to make sure that you have your why if you do not have a why i don't know what you're doing because if there's a famous quote by uh, an author in germany called nietzsche um, and it, the quote is he or she who has a why will overcome anyhow. If you do not have a why you are literally saying uh, a, a why an example of a why or not a why would be, I want to like get fitter. That's not a why. Why do you want to get fitter? Because I want to have more energy to play with my kids. There's a why, because you've got a little bit of leverage. You've got a proper why of, I actually want to have more energy so I can play with my kids who then will, who will remember this when they're older. It's a, putting an, an emotional attachment to your why and that will bring you to where you want to go. If you have a not an amazing why, like everyone's why is different, but I would encourage you to have some sort of emotional attachment. It's amazing that you're trying to, like I know when I did say, uh, when I played football when I was younger, um, my why was that because I enjoyed it. It was a great social aspect and I was, I was quite competitive and I wanted to win things. So that was my why. That was my proper, proper reason why. But when people are kind of coming to me, one of the questions I ask is, what is your actual why? And a lot of people struggle with that answer. They struggle to structure that answer. And they they almost like the idea of looking a certain way when they don't realize what goes into behind in the work behind it. Most people who are looking a certain way that you are looking for it are showing up more often than not. They are putting the effort in when they don't feel like it. Uh, they are putting the effort in when ultimately they they don't feel like it out of 10 sessions one or two are going to be amazing one or two are going to be crap the rest of them are going to be mediocre it's about showing up when you don't want to they're the days you'll learn something about yourself can you bank your calories yes pressing reset would be my advice not letting one day turn into two if you potentially had a less nutritious meal it's about winning the next meal if you're competitive. If you've potentially overindulged on the weekend and you had a party with your kids or whatever, amazing. Focus on the positive and say, right, I've, with what's going on, I've made this a, mem- a memorable time for my kids. I've made this a memorable time for my family and focus on that and then just press reset after that. You're human. You're not a robot. Most of our goals that we're listening to this are not bodybuilders. We're not trying to get up on stage and do a fitness photo shoot. We are, what we're trying to do is trying to be all around a little bit healthier, a little bit happier in ourselves. But if you're saying to yourself, I'll be happier when I'm 10 kg down, you have to look at yourself and say, right, that's not going to happen. How can you predict you'll be happier when you're 10 kg down when you've never been there? Or the last time you were there was when you're potentially in your teens or your 20s. You won't be happier then or in the future if you can't accept for yourself who you are. You come into this world alone, you you leave the world alone, so you have to accept who you are now in order to um, love yourself and be able to uh accept what you're trying to do and why you're doing it if you don't understand that side of things you're going to you're going to get to that destination and you will be kind of frustrated or a little bit disappointed when you get there a lot of people think they'll be happy when they get a six pack you ultimately a lot of people who strive for six packs unless you've got insane genetics have to give up 90% of their life for 10% body fat and that's not conducive i've been there did not enjoy having the six pack um at all um i can tweak things a little bit and it will happen but that's because i have the education behind me and the experience behind me of i knew i had the wrong ladder against the wrong wall that i wanted six pack for the wrong reasons i was trying to prove myself to different uh to the industry rather than doing it for myself am i glad i did it yes because i realized that and i can say that to people and people want the flat stomachs and stuff like that but you're If you are a girl, uh, you may only have the flat stomach for like a week or two and then week three and week four, a week before, a week of your cycles, you're going to be a little bit more bloated. So you're going to get frustrated. You're better off accepting and feeling more confident in your clothes and how you feel and how your energy levels are and doing the non-scale victories. Um, I think one of the at I can see a little question here about the scales. How do you kind of incorporate your, how do you work with your clients on staying away from the scales? The scales are the sad step. They're called the sad step for a reason. Um, like if you're waking up in the morning not in an amazing mood and then you're letting this piece of plastic or piece of metal on the floor uh, upset you or uh, affect your mood, it's like what advice would you give to your kids or what advice would you give to someone else? You'd probably say to them to stay off the scales. Um, you are more than what a scale says about you. Scales cannot take into effect the muscle, the water the if you've gone to the bathroom comes into it so many different variables um but if you're waking up in the morning first thing in the morning expecting a piece of plastic to make you happy or expecting a piece of plastic not to make you unhappy and dictate your mood for the rest of the day you're giving the power to an inanimate object you're giving the power to a thing that cannot speak you're giving the power to a piece of plastic or a piece of metal on that floor if it impacts your mood, why not try to aim for, like you go into, you don't go into a shop looking for a size 70 kilos. You go into a shop looking for a size 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, whatever it may be. And I think that is super, super important to realize. Um, Elaine is the muscle weighs more than fat mantra bullshit. Uh, yes. So one ton of feathers. Weighs the same as one ton of rocks. So it, Like one kilo of fat equals one kilo of muscle. It just may take up a little bit less space in the body. Uh, Fat is a little bit more dense. Have you ever seen pictures of fat up and kind of on TV and stuff like that? It's this kind of yellowy, orangey goop thing. It takes a lot more space up in the body. But if you're kind of like building muscle and stuff like that, uh, that is what's going to kind of get you the lean toned look. So yeah, muscle weighs more than fat is absolutely another her BS. Um, but that's a really, really good question. Um, so guys, I think that is all the questions. So what we went through was handling fatigue every month. Should I battle through or should I rest up? Best exercise to lose the mum-tum. Um, should you bank your calories, run off hormones in like insulin and fat loss, um, barriers to weight loss and perimenopause and menopause, intermittent fasting, to bank banking calories, uh, tips on increasing protein and what brands to use uh, best exercise for fat loss um, and take on diet drinks uh, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And if you do have any other questions, please do send me over a DM or pop me a message. I'd be happy to answer it. I think it's super, super important that the myths have been broken. There's an awful lot of content that have been gone gone through. I didn't think it was going to be a, like a 52 minute episode, Hope you guys enjoyed. As always, guys, please do pop me a message. If you have any questions I would have sent, if you enjoyed the episode at all, if you feel that there's going to be someone else that impacts or has this misinformation that they're going through, please do share it. Please do tag me. Please do put it up on your story. It would be absolutely incredible. If you did, the more people that can hear the proper, right information, it will save them. It will help them, I hope, a lot more than the misinformation and going for the likes of the rubbishy products and going for the quick fixes rather than trying to get to the root of the problem. Um, So guys, thank you so much for listening and I hope you stay safe.